All right. I got to tell you, I can't, I can't speak for all of you, but we've been a little bit busy. And you know how I know we've been busy? We carved pumpkins last night. Seven, seven days, seven days behind, but we're catching up. We carved pumpkins last night as a family. I think I won. So, well, they will never could see that dial, dial. So, all right. We're, we're, yeah, we're making our way on in. Sorry. Uh, I use that as a reminder. Everybody got a phone? All right. Shutting mine off. There might be a hint there. Okay. All right. I'm going to read this morning out of Romans. I'm going to chapter 8. I'm going to chapter 8 specifically because I can't speak for you, but for the last couple of weeks, it seems to me there's a bit of a theme. In our small group, we talked about it a little bit on Monday, Wednesday, the last couple of Wednesdays at the Healing You, it's come up. And it's, it's the love of God. We had Andrew here, or not Andrew, sorry. Uh, Arthur Menges was here. We had uh, Eddie was here. And, and in all this, the last few weeks for me, it's about the love of God. The love of God. God loves us. And that, that sent me into Romans for this morning's opening. And I want to go to Romans 8, verse 35. Starting with 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Not our love to him. Not our love to him. His love to us. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or family, sorry, famine, or <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it can happen. It can happen. Huh. Huh. That's an interesting, uh, interesting Freudian thing there. Hmm. Anyhow or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for your sake we are killed all day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter no in all things we are more than conquerors more than conquerors have you ever thought about that Karis has a great teaching on that and 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 they use the the analogy of a prize fighter who goes out and wins the purse right millions of dollars and then gives it to his wife. Christ went to the cross for us and gave us the victory. So we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. That's where some Christians say, you know that you know that you know. Fully persuaded. Persuaded. Doubt becomes impossible. That persuasion that Paul's talking about, it's not Paul's persuasion. Each one of us have to become that fully persuaded of the love of Christ. I am persuaded neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's rise, shall we? Father, we thank you. There is nothing, Lord, that gets in the way of your love for us. You love us, Father, and we forget that from time to time, perhaps, but all we need to do 
is turn, turn to you and say, Lord, I love you. In, in, in your Son, our Savior, we turn to you and you look upon us with your love. Blessed we are, thankful we are, Lord. In your holy name we pray, amen. All right. We are getting ready to receive communion. When I go through this this morning, I want to read of the account out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Lord's Supper. I uh, stop for a moment though. I heard a teaching on this one time at the Healing University that, that stuck with me. If you you read Paul's account here in verse in chapter 11 if you go down to verse 29 Paul says let a man examine himself and so eat the bread and drink the cup for he who eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself not discerning the Lord's body for this reason Many are weak and unhealthy among you, um, and many die. I, I, touch, I touch on these verses because it, it speaks to discerning the body. And Paul goes on to talk about the body. And as Paul's talking about the body, Paul's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, which we've been preaching on, which you've been preaching on for, for weeks discern the body and and he mentions for this reason many are unhealthy many would die discern the body Paul speaks of the gifts of the spirit and the body two other times in the New Testament when Paul speaks of the gifts of the spirit Paul speaks of the body Paul speaks of the body in conjunction with the gifts of the Spirit. And as pastor has been preaching on the gifts of the Spirit, discern the body, as Paul mentions, and the gifts of the Spirit are there. But potentially, I, I, I'm making the case, I think, that you discern the body, you make, uh, you make them flow better. You make them flow easier, that you don't restrict the flow amongst yourselves, amongst ourselves. And in saying that, I want us, as we get ready to take the sacrament, I want us to consider the fact that the bread, you can come on up, Justin. Come on up, thank you. Consider the body, discern the body, and imagine a loaf of bread. Not the pieces, but imagine the loaf it was before it was broken for us. Discern the body. And we're going to come up, and, and actually, if you would, you can start coming up now and getting, getting the wine and the bread. And I'll talk here just for a couple moments more, because what I want us to do as the body of Christ is I want us to consider that this body was once a loaf, was once complete, 
and it's been broken for us. And to discern the body in one respect is for us to go back to our seats and we're going to pray collectively to bring this body, these pieces, these pieces that have been broken for us, to bring them back together as one in unity. This is the body. We speak of the blood often. We always speak of the blood at communion. We speak of the body at communion. But today, I want us to, to consider the unity. The Bible tells us in John that we are perfected in unity. I can tell you a couple of weeks ago in a prayer of agreement, you can translate that to say unity in a prayer of agreement. There was healing. There is healing in the unity of the body, which we are bringing together right now. All the gifts of the Spirit. All the gifts of the Spirit in the unity of the body. All right. Wait just a moment for everybody to get their, their bread and wine. As I go through this, the instructions are given. I have received of the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance. Let's go ahead and do that. In the same manner, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Savior, Jesus, we are your body. And we come together in unity, Lord. To, to celebrate, to honor the victory you have provided for us. And we thank you, Lord, for this. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it's so good, good to be here. I'm, I'm uh, John Neitzel, for those of you who have forgotten. Yeah, there's a half a, do half a dozen comedians that came up to me before service and said, Hi, are you the new guy? Nice to meet you. So uh, October was crazy. You know, October, I, out of five weeks in October, I preached once here. So we, uh, it was, it was a, an odd month. And so, but I was, last week I was down in Prescott, in our church down in Prescott. It was great to be with the, the family down there and uh, minister down there and, and Jamie and and uh, Grace and Aaron came with me also, and, and Debbie, obviously, Debbie came with, and we had a wonderful time down there with the body down there, and they, they send their greetings and their love, and, you know, that's the great thing is, uh, you know, years ago, we uh, uh, talking about vision and, and how we see this moving forward, a 10-year, a little, little ringy there, a little hot, uh, sorry, man, um, 
talking about vision and, and how you know we see this moving forward and one of the things you know you we see in 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 the in the uh church world is is mega churches and, I, and there's nothing against a mega there's nothing wrong with big church they, they every every body has its place and has its its goals and vision but that's never been my heart uh, i said i'd rather see you know dozens of churches filled with with a with a people that knew each other and 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 then they're all family and well we're seeing that now we're seeing that coming to fruition 20 years later so god is god is so good amen so since i've only been here once in the last month uh i bet you don't even remember where we're at or do you remember i mean tom gave you some uh uh sneaky uh, you know he t- he filled you in a little bit been preaching on the gifts of the spirit we started out last spring talking about hearing the voice of god how important it is to hear the voice of god why is it so important to hear the voice of god because the bible says that my sheep my sheep will hear my voice and the voice of another they will not follow so if you want to know if you're his sheep listen for his voice and he's talking to us all the time how does he talk to us real quick this is just a pop quiz so, the word he he he, or he speaks to us through the Bible. When we read the Bible, we hear his voice. How would, how's another way? Others, others. I heard the word others. Other, yeah, other people. What what uh, uh, Tom shared this morning? That was I. I heard God's voice through that. That's that's God speaking to us. Amen. But that can also happen over a cup of coffee. I see that hand. <laughs> oh, the still small voice. Thank you. I know they were. They were. Was this a team over here? Is this a trivia team going on? Here's the deal. If, you're, if this is one of your first times here, we are a family here, and uh, families can be a little quirky sometimes, but we're okay with that. Quirky's good because. Uh, about him amen it's about god and so god speaks in many ways and there's all the other ways that he speaks he speaks through visions and dreams he speaks through billboards he speaks through cartoons he he speaks he wants us to hear his voice and when he speaks then we have the responsibility to listen and follow that's the most important. So then we started, I did a whole series on that. I can't remember how many weeks did a started then a series on the gifts of the spirit the, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit, there are actually more gifts, but we've only talked about the nine uh, ministry gifts of the Spirit uh, and talking about the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, uh, discerning of spirits, healing, working of, working of miracles, gift of faith, thank you, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So there's, there's, we talked about those nine gifts. Can't, you know, obviously cannot go back and, and hit that in any level of, of uh, you know, completion. But we have, it's all online. It's all, on, all over YouTube. It's all over our website. You can go back and look at those at any time. Then the last time when I spoke, I began to talk about the flow talking about flowing in the supernatural because now we're hearing the voice of God. We're hearing the voice of God. I'm telling you, people are hearing the voice of God. I mean, I'm so excited. The very first uh, worship night that we had, all church worship night, man, there were, everybody was hearing the voice of God. It was, it was exciting. Then uh, the second 
uh, week, I, I, the second worship night, I, I put some, some guidelines in place saying, hey, we're only going to have a certain number of people, these people up front. And then in that, I still had people come to me and say, I think I got something. And when they shared it with me, I just actually had a conversation this morning. Somebody came forward that night and shared something with me. It didn't fit that night. But when they shared it with me today, man, it was powerful. I asked them to please write that down. I need to, I need to meditate on that a bit. It's from God. It was a dream from God didn't fit in that service that that's okay but they they said I, I i'm hearing this from god good man that's what we're talking about here but it just didn't fit in that night so we need to know how to flow in the supernatural why do we need to know how to flow in the supernatural because god wants to touch people he wants to touch the world he wants to make himself real to the world and how does he do that does he rent billboards <laughs> no no he doesn't he he personally hello this is god uh i'd like to buy two billboards on 94 no but he leads people to buy billboards he does he uses people he uses us he uses the body he uses the congregate he uses his people to reach the world now if you're led to go rent a billboard and put up a pole yeah I've seen, I've, I see the, the, the billboards around. And they're, they're interesting, they're awesome. But it's God leads people. And he leads us, how does he lead us? Well, he leads us many times in the gifts of the Spirit. You know, even if, even if you're just witnessing to somebody, <clears throat> you might think, well, I'm not doing one of the gifts. Yes, you are, you're prophesying. Because remember, prophecy isn't, thus saith the Lord, you know, the... Desert shall dry up. No, sorry, that's what, it already is dry. Isn't it? The desert shall overflow with ice. You know, we, we think of these big biblical, you know, Old Testament uh, things. And, and, and a lot of times, a lot of times when somebody prophesies, it's saying, hey, man, God just spoke to me and said, said you're, you're hurting. I, you know, in my life, I went through this. I experienced this. And God helped me in this. I mean, even in that testimony, in that sharing, in that, you know, you're, you, what you're doing is you're prophesying. All, all prophecy is, is speaking forth. You're saying something. We have to say something. Yes, we want people to see Jesus in our lives, but there's a point where you say something. There's a point where you have to talk. Uh, just recently, I had a, a guy call me I haven't seen in oh, almost 40 years. A uh, guy that I went to college with, and he called up. He says, "Hey, he says I've got these questions." He says, "I've gone to such and such a church my whole life, but he says I'm going through some problems, and all of a sudden I'm realizing there's more to life than this." Forty years, and he's looking for answers. So I just said, "Here's what God's saying to me." I'm just telling you, I prayed for you when I got your message. I prayed for you, and here's what God said. And it was just very simple. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to know him. You, you know, you've been going to church, you've heard about God. But now he wants you to know him. And the guy goes, that is exactly what I need. And, and just been walking through that. I, I preached over the phone. I preached, you know. And it's not this kind of preaching. It's just being a friend, talking to them. So we're taught, how does God, God uses people? But then we need to know how God uses people. We need to follow him. Because you can have an idea of what the answer is, and it's the wrong answer. It might be truth, it might be in the Bible, 
but it's not what they need. They need to hear what they need to hear, or they need to see a demonstration. You need to pray for somebody. I, you know, I've told this story many times. I won't tell the whole story. Knew a guy, hurt his knee, and, and he's an, he, he says, oh, I'm an, I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist. You know, because I said, can I pray for you? He goes, I'm an atheist. And I said, well, it can't hurt, right? He goes, no, it can't hurt. Prayed for him, he was healed. Went to the doctor the next week. It was, it was, he's, the doctor says the only way this will get sorted out is to be operated on. He says it won't heal on its own. You have to have it operated on. Prayed for him. The next week he went to the doctor. The doctor goes, there's nothing wrong with your knee. He came back to me. He goes, well, I'm an agnostic. <laughs> so sometimes they need to see a demonstration of the power. Sometimes they need to hear something that there's no way you could know it. You got a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. You're maybe not preaching to that, but you're going, you know, God just, you know, and I've, 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 I've experienced in my own life, but I've heard stories about it. People are talking to a complete stranger and said, God just told me this. I still remember my brother uh, years ago was, was riding in a car with a guy that he had just met. And all of a sudden he, he reached over and he says, can I pray for you? And the guy goes, well, well sure. And he says, he goes, he goes, Father, I pray that you open his ears right now. Because he, he wanted to share Christ with him. But he just said, Can, you know, open his ears right now. And the guy goes, oh, whoa, whoa, what was that? And he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, my ear just popped. He says, I haven't been able to hear out of that ear for 20 years. Well, how did he, I mean, all he, you know, it was a word of knowledge. Lord, open his ears. He, didn't, he thought it was to open his ears to hear the gospel. But it was a word of knowledge to open his ears to actually hear. So, I mean, that's, it's, it, God wants to use people, but we need to know what he needs, what, what he wants us to say, and what he wants to do. And in the body, we can practice that. We do practice that. Because Paul said, and that's where we've been, turn with me to uh, believe, yep, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is where we've been starting, well, the one time of my series. The one time, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Paul writing to the Corinthians, basic, well, I'll, I'll get to that point in just a second. Second, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Very simple message. Verse 3, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. If you're thinking, well, I, I can't witness to somebody because I'm, I'm always so nervous. I always get nervous. Well, join, you know, you're in good company. Paul was shaky. He was trembling. He was afraid. Why? Because, I mean, he, he knows who he is. Every place he went, they knew that he was Gamaliel's student who defected from the Jewish faith, but before he defected from the Jewish faith, he had killed a whole bunch of Christians. So everywhere he went, people, first thing he had to deal with was everybody's you know, preconceived ideas of him. Whether he was the bad guy for one reason or the bad guy for the other reason. So he's coming to him going, why, why would anybody listen to me? If you've ever asked the question of yourself, why would anybody listen to me? Well, they're not listening to you. Who are they listening to? Holy Spirit, whatever you speak. I mean, when Jesus spoke, they thought, well, he's just Joseph's son. But he wasn't just Joseph's son. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit, just like you are, just like we are. 
And they said after he spoke, they go, where did this guy come from with such wisdom and such power and such authority? Well, it's not because he's Joseph's son. It's because he's filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? I was with you in my, verse 3, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So that your faith might not rest in the, the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What we're doing is growing in the power of God, knowing how to flow with the supernatural. And we talked about this in the first sermon. You can go back to the thing, but just real quick. Jesus talked about that when, we, when he comes into us, when the Spirit comes into us, out of us will flow rivers of living water. We talked about how from the throne of God in heaven, he's sitting on a throne, but from his throne is flowing a river. There's not, it's not a mistake that this symbology, these words, these, these actual events, it, there's a, there, the reality is, is that the river, and Jesus said this, he goes, you can't see the move of the Holy Spirit, but you can see the effects of it. You see the wind blow. Well, when winds, when winds blow, and you watch, especially now when we're raking leaves, and you push the leaves, I was watching it on Friday, because I mean, the wind was blowing on Friday. I couldn't see the wind, but I could see those leaves moving. We see the flow of that wind. It's a flow. There is a flow. That flow doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come, the only place that flow comes from is from the throne of God, from the Spirit of God, who's revealing everything that Jesus has through him. He's flowing. He's the flow of the Holy Spirit. And literally, he's flowing all the time. Just like I said before, where, he, where God is always speaking, he's also always flowing. The Spirit is always moving. The Spirit is always flowing. It's our job to hook up with him. You can hook up with him in the morning. You can hook up with him at lunch. You can hook up with him at supper. You can hook up with him with your family. You can hook up with him with your friend. You can, you can hook up with what he's doing and you can step into that flow. The other night I woke up, ever, anybody ever wake up at two o'clock in the morning? Just wake up and you're going, oh man, your mind's going. Grrr. You've got too many thoughts going on. And all of a sudden you're trying to figure this out and figure that out. I mean, you know, it used to take me hours. Now I'm, pretty, I'm getting smarter in my older age. Usually it's minutes. Going, ah, oh, I see what's going on here. And I start speaking in tongues. I start praying in the Spirit. I mean, I can think of all the Bible verses I want. It doesn't help me. It makes me think more. But when I start praying in the Spirit get into that flow and the bible says if you want to get to a word the bible says he gives sweet sleep to his saints i'll claim that i'll go lord i know you want me to sleep i know you want me to rest i just get into that flow start start praying in the spirit that that happened on this last week started woke up two o'clock in the morning Lay there for a few minutes. I know here we go so i started all right father i know you want me to sleep i know i claim that word I just start praying in the Spirit. I must have been minutes, and I woke up the next morning. Why? Because I hooked up with that flow. He's, he's moving. We just have to hook up. 
but it's a flow. And so in, in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking to a church that understands, they've got power now. They're hearing stuff. They're seeing stuff. They, they are being led by the Holy Spirit. And they're hooking up with the power. Because he, he says, you know, you're doing all this stuff. He says, you're just doing it out of control now. Now we need to bring it under control. Now, and we talked uh, last time, I, I threw out the, the phrase uh, fluid dynamics for all you nerds. You know, I just fluid. Uh, smart people, smart people, smarter than me people. Fluid, but because, you know, you can, you can, have, you can have a river like the St. Croix River that's wide, real wide and real deep. And you can look at that river and it doesn't even look like it's moving. But you narrow it down and you focus that at a spot and that water starts moving. It's all moving at the, and here's where I'm doing, if I, you know, don't, I'm not an engineer, so I may say this completely wrong and just, just chuckle to yourselves. <laughs> it's always moving. But when it has to go through that restricted space, there becomes force behind it. Uh, okay, I'll stop talking. Okay, but you get my idea. When, when it narrows, when it gets focused, there's pressure. Garden hose. You turn the garden hose wide open, it sprays everywhere. But you turn that thing down, it goes... And then you get my, my, my uh, uh, pressure washer. Whoo! You got the 2,000 PSI pressure washer. You got the same garden hose coming into it, but it does some other stuff inside, and it, it'll take paint off, man. It'll take, it'll take skin off. Yeah, if, you get, yeah, if, you're, if you're dumb with it. You know. I'm just scared enough of it. I just keep all the extremities. But focusing it. And that's what Paul is talking about. He goes, okay, guys, you're all hearing the Spirit. And I can say the same. I'm so proud of this church. I'm so proud of it. People are, people are hearing the voice of God. Now we need to focus it. We need to, we need, and I'm not saying reduce it. I'm just saying focus. Because we don't want to reduce. We want to focus our hearing God and being led by Him. And when we do, we are going to have power. I mean, we're going to have, there are going to be some specific things that start to happen. You're going to see change. In the last month, we've already seen that. I know of already three miracles that have happened in the last month. Three miracles. Grace shared about your healing. Aaron, wherever he decided to, dis he's been translated somewhere. Aaron was healed you know, on a Sunday morning of, of uh, colorblindness, born, born colorblind, now sees colors vividly. And then Pastor John just shared with me, can you come up and share? Your, yeah, now, now I told him I was going to have him come up. He didn't know when I was going to have him come up. This is Pastor John Moe. Give him a warm welcome. <laughs> this is a testimony from last Saturday night. Yeah, we were at the... Um praise and worship service Saturday night and um, just kind of my, minding my own business and the Lord just prompted me with this scripture and it's found in Luke's gospel, the fourth chapter. And it's where Jesus um, had received the Holy Spirit and then um, he was led and then Satan had tempted him and then afterwards it's, he says this, he's, uh, 
there in the synagogue and it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty those that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And the Lord started talking to me about the kind of the thing that night was an open heaven. And the Lord was talking to me about open doors and about how prisoners, he opens the doors so the prisoners or those who are taken captive can go free. And he says, I want to do this during this service tonight. And so he says, I want you, when you have an opportunity to get up and talk about that, which I did. And I knew that God wanted to set people free from oppression the oppressed go free and it's not God's will for people to live in oppression and I have been under I felt like God that's that's me I feel like ever since about February of this year I feel like my body's been oppressed with all kind of sicknesses and stuff and just things strange things going on in my physical body and I thought well you know if you want me to say that that's fine and I did and then later on, Pastor Nate came forward, and he talked about God wants to do two things for people. I'm just, I think I'm remembering this right. He had people pray for one another, and then he says, God wants you to do two things, come forward, and then the worship team is just going to worship, and God's going to heal you or set you free as you come up and worship. Well, I thought I might as well get in on this. You know, if you're going to get in on it, you might as well get in on it, right? So I went in and I have been having all kind of problems with my hands and my fingers and arms and knees and stuff moving around. And sometimes I go four days, no problem. Then all of a sudden problems and all of that. And so <clears throat> that night I came forward in the, dur during that worship song and I just stood up front and just worshiped God as the worship team was singing. And I noticed that after the song was over, I went back to my seat and I noticed there was a change in my body. And with, particularly with my left hand, my left hand is 90% better than it was. And I, that's just God. And then, you know, I had some issues with my knee and some issues with my arms and shoulders. And I would say that probably... 85, 90% of those pains are gone. Well, that's God. And that's his will. He wants the oppressed to go free. But, you know, it, obedience plays a big part in that. You know, I had to hear from God, and then I had to obey. Pastor John heard from God and had the worship service, and then I had to come to the service, right? And then once I'm here, then God spoke to me, right? And then he spoke to others about an open heaven. He's talking to me about an open door, same thing. And then, boom, next thing I know is I'm doing a whole lot better. Praise God, amen? And that's, well, you know, we just thank God for that. It's not me, it's him, amen? And as he was talking about this morning, we're part of the body, and 
we just function in the part that we're supposed to play, and it's for other people's benefits. And so Pastor Johnson is going to have you come up and share this testimony. And during the worship, I have all these symptoms and pains as I'm during the worship service. And during the worship service, all of a sudden, my throat got really sore, and I felt a sharp pain in my throat. And then all of a sudden, during the worship service, I felt a pain go down my right leg, a sharp pain, and I'm thinking, what's this? Then I thought I was having a heart attack, and I'm just going like, what is going on here? And then I realized it's word of knowledge. There's someone here in the room, and you have, you've been experiencing a sharp pain going down your leg. And there's other people here in the room, there's more than one of you, you have been dealing with a sore throat or pain in your throat area or something that's just raw and sore. And then someone else has been dealing with symptoms of heart attacks. And I realize that's not me, that's, other, that's a word of knowledge. And God still wants the oppressed to go free. Amen? You know, and so if you're here and you qualify... You know, just receive. It's amazing how people can receive from God. You know, there are people that fell out down at Jesus' feet, you know. The madman of Gadara, as we call him, fell at Jesus' feet and worshipped him first. And it's interesting how he received his miracle. And I don't know if people... I'm just going to say this. Can I say this? Yes. Am I going to And I'm going to say this in love. You know, how do I want to say this? I just, I don't want to offend people. It's not my heart. It's just, it, it's, my heart is for people to always have the best. But I think sometimes it's very dishonorable to God when the service starts and we're just talking out in the lobby area. And we're not serious about worshiping him. And we're very casual, and you know, you see your friends, yeah, you know, it's fine to see your friends and stuff, but there's something about, this is our opportunity to worship God this morning. This is our opportunity to honor God. This is our opportunity to open our hearts up to him and let him to minister to us. And I think sometimes we just get so caught up in relationships and natural things that we miss opportunities from God. And I was thinking, what if I hadn't been in the worship service this morning? Or what if I would have stayed home? Or what if I would have stayed home that night? Not that I'm putting pressure on anyone. I'm just saying that sometimes we don't think about these things. Is it okay I said that? (laughs) You didn't tell me to say that. But I'm just saying that sometimes we just need to be alert to the fact that God could use us or wants to do something in us today. If you knew this morning that God was going to heal you today in the service, you wouldn't be in the hallway, you wouldn't be out there, you would have been in here from the opening of the service. You're seeing what I'm saying here? So it's not to scold someone, it's just to say, you know, take advantage of this. Take advantage of the worship services that we have. Take advantage of this time together. Take advantage of the communion service or even the introduction when he so beautifully tied things together that took place over the last several weeks and months of this year. And it all flows together. 
Amen. Amen. I'll turn it back over to you. Amen. Now, I didn't tell him to say that, but it's okay. Because here's the deal. Here's something that does need to be said about what we're walking through right now, what we're walking in. It is exciting. It's exciting to be a part of a move of God. It's extremely exciting to be a part of a move of God. It's, and and as, we, as we continue to walk towards this and to start experiencing more and more, this is just the beginning. I mean, we're seeing these kinds of marked change, uh, healings, marked change in people's lives. Just wait, because it's going to start multiplying. But what happens when we start to walk in a, in a move of the Spirit of this magnitude, because we're just starting to see the trickle, when we're seeing the, the high-pressure hose, the, the, the pressure washer of the Spirit, you want to, you want, there's different rules than, than, a, than, a, than a puddle. A, a, a water puddle has different rules than a high-pressure hose. And it's more responsibility. And there's a higher expectation. You know, I've been thinking recently, you know, what was that whole thing about Ananias and Sapphira? What was that whole thing? Why, were, why did they die? And, and, and everybody focuses on the fact, well, they lied to the Holy Spirit. That's what Peter said. He goes, you lied to the Holy Spirit. What made you think you could lie to the Holy Spirit? But I, I, it, I think it could have been anything. Any kind of disrespect to the Holy Spirit. Any kind of, 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 a, of a lax in respect of what God is doing at that moment. I'm going to be really honest with you. I wasn't going to go this way, but, but Pastor John heard from God, and I can't tell you why I know he heard from God, but he heard from God. And so let's, let's build on that. The very first worship night, the very first worship night we had, and, and it was a move of the Spirit, there was things that happened that night that most people have no idea. Because I, there was things happening through that whole meeting that, you know, and I, I think I've referenced this once before, last June or July, uh, this last summer, I had a dream. And in this dream, a series of things happened. I did not realize until I walked in that night, Pastor Jonah walked over to me and he goes, because I had told him about the dream in detail. He walked over, he says, I've been praying for the service tonight all the way, all day long today. And he says, tonight is a fulfillment of this part of the dream. And he was absolutely right. It happened exactly like I saw in this dream. There were many other things that happened, which I, like I say, I can't go into it. But it was, it was very specific, and things happened that night were, that, were, that were foundational to what God is doing right now in me and in others. Powerful meeting that first night, and then we shouted at the end, and, and I believe bondages were broken, and all kinds of things were, were happening. The next day, or the next week, well, next day, on Monday, I went about my life, just living my life the way I lived it the week before. And about halfway through the day, the day, the Holy Spirit stopped me up short and he says, stop it. He says, your life is not like that anymore. You can't live your life today at the same level as you lived it last Monday. I'm expecting more out of you. And that's, he said that to me. I mean, he stopped me up short. Man, I repented as fast as I could. Because it was after that I started, I was like, I mean, because there was some things, I actually had to call 
Pastor Jonah, and I don't, I don't like admitting this, I had to call him in the middle of it, and I said, man, you've got to pray for me right now. He said, what's going on? And I said, God's dealing with me about this. And I said, I need to, I need to tell you. I need, I need, the Lord told me to tell you, and then he told me to, to have you pray for me. Praise God for the body. Amen. Praise God for the body. Because I was, I was spiraling. I was spiraling. And I was like, what is going on here? And the Holy Spirit says, because you can't live this way anymore. Here's my expectation of you now. And as a congregation, whether you like it or not, the expectation has risen for all of us, for every one of us. The expectation, we go, I don't, I don't want the expectation to rise. <laughs> well, sorry, it is. The expectation is rising. And at that point, but why? I mean, now we need to embrace that new expectation. Why? Because it pulls us up to the next level. I want to keep moving forward with God. And this is, a, this is an encouragement. I mean, you know Pastor John, and I know him better than you know him. He loves people. He wasn't being mean to anybody. He's just telling you, God's saying there's a new expectation. Well, why do I, why, why? Now we're going to have a bunch of rules? Hello. Hello. It's freedom. He's inviting us in. But as he invites us in, there's new expectations. I mean, as ch- when you have children, parents who have children, when your children were three, four year old, you know, three, four years old, you love them, don't you? You love them. And you have a relationship with those three and four year olds. But when they're 10, that relationship grows. At least it should. But with that, ex- with that growth of, of, of relationship also comes an expectation. And when they're 18, when they're 18, that relationship is going to be different. It's going to grow. But with it becomes a higher level of expectation. And when they're in their 20s, it changes again. And it grows. But there's a different level of expectation. Why? Because you're not children anymore. We're not children. The expect and, and we want to grow up. And growing up is hard. I still remember. I've, I've heard kids say this for years. I wish I was 12 again. I wish I, I, wish I didn't have to, all these responsibilities. I remember when that hit me in my early, late teens, early 20s. Oh, man, this, this grown, growing up stuff, it stinks. I mean, it's fun on one side, I get more freedom, but then there's also more responsibility. But the more you embrace that responsibility, the more you embrace, okay, God, I want to live up to your expectation now. Let's step up into that. Amen. All right, with that, how do we focus? Uh, Greg Moore, how many of you know who Greg Moore is? Greg Moore is a speaker, a minister, from Karis, he teaches a whole bunch of classes, but he does other stuff. He's ministered here. He's coming back in March, just so you know. He's coming back in March, uh, gonna be doing four days of meetings with us. 
here uh, in March, and also teaching at Karis over in, in uh, uh, but when he was here, he absolutely loved you guys. And so when I said to him, I said, would you consider coming back? I mean, other time, other than Carrie's, he goes, absolutely. When do you want me to come back? So we set it up for March. He's coming back. But he wrote a book that I encourage you to get. Write this down if you, if you, can, if you have a notes or whatever. Put it in your, in your uh, day planner or however you do it. Uh, it's called Flowing in the Supernatural. It's kind of where I stole the title. Don't tell him, but I stole the title of this series from him. But he wrote a book called Flowing in the Supernatural. It's a phenomenal book. Very easy read. It's just very, if you, know, you know, heard him, know him. Just common sense, regular guy talking about very deep spiritual truths. And in there, he was a pastor for many years, and they saw move the Spirit, much like what we're seeing right now in their church. And, he, and they had the same sort of situation where people started hearing the voice of God, started walking in the Spirit, and then all of a sudden, it was like, we need to focus this. And so they established some guidelines. And I'm going to read through them really quick today, and then I'm going to be done. I'm not going to go any further than that. But they established some guidelines. And he says they're not rules, they're not laws, they're not... He says these are guidelines. They're just here, and it's all scriptural. When we go through them, you'll go, well, that's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. And so they did that, and what it did is it increased the move of God in their midst. When people started realizing, okay, well, these are the boundaries. If as long as I'm within this boundary, then I'm, I'm able to step out. And they had courage to step out themselves and, and, and operate more often. And they saw an increase of the move of the Spirit. He then got, uh, left that church, went to Karis, started working for Andrew Womack Ministries within their school, and, 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 all, and they, they started seeing a move of God there. And he said in the book, and he said, he said that what, all of a sudden they realized that things were starting to pop, but now they needed to focus it and to be more biblical. And, and, and what he says in his book, so I'll just, I'll ruin that line for you because it's a funny line. He says, they realized one, Sunday, one, one service when a, one of the students got up and he, he, he says, uh, in the, you know, the, 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 the Holy Spirit says that the Holy Spirit is blue today. And everybody, I mean, it sounded right voice, you know, right tone. Everybody turned and looked at him and went, huh? It was just weird. And Andrews turns to, turn to uh, Greg Morning and says, hey, we want to pull out those guidelines. <laughs> we want to help people to focus. We want to help people to know, hey, how do we do this? I'm going to read them real quick. They're going to show them up on here. Write them as fast as you can. We're not going to slow down. Uh, but you'll see these again. I actually could have handed them out to you. I'm not going to do that. Because if I hand out a piece of paper with all the guidelines, you're going to go, these are laws. Why is he making this law? I'm not making it law. Oh, I see pictures. I see cameras coming out. I love that. I love technology. All right. So here we go. First guideline is exalt Jesus, not yourself. Self-explanatory, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about here. This, we're not talking about we are going to control this from here on. No, we don't want to control the Holy Spirit. We want to flow with him. How do we honor him with everything that we're doing? Number one is we want to exalt Jesus, not ourselves. A, drawing attention to yourself with various demonstrations and manifestations of the gifts is not appropriate. You know, and I, I'm not going to, well, see, I, I could start giving you, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to read them. I said I was going to read them, then I'm going to sit down. All right, number two, 
Because you, 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 you get this stuff, but we're going to talk about these over the weeks to come. Number two, make sure the prophetic word you share lines up with a written word. That's just, that's, yeah, that, of course, that's what we want. We don't want you taking the Reader's Digest. Sorry. Number three. Every prophecy or public manifestation or demonstration of the gifts will be judged in light of the word by, uh, by church leadership in accordance with 1 Corinthians 14.29. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. The Bible says to judge what's being said. And I'm just being honest with you. Whenever anything is said up here, we judge it. I judge it. Everything that I say, you should be judging. That's what's scriptural. Because if I say something, if I say, if Pastor John says something that's not biblical, then he's right. He says, is it okay if I say this? I don't know. I don't know what you're going to say. But when he said it, I'm like, I'm judging it. And I'm going to judge it. Everything that happens. Why? Because it says to do that. If I don't do that, if we don't do that, then we're being negligent. Number four, do not share a prophetic utterance publicly unless you can receive correction without taking it personal. Now here's the deal. It'll come up in one of the later ones. Oh no, it's right here. A. In the event correction becomes necessary, someone in a leadership will get with you in private and not correct you publicly. I'm not going to correct Pastor John publicly if I needed to. We'll have a talk later. <laughs> but here's the deal. We're not here to embarrass anybody. There's been, said, there's been things said in past services that I'm like, eh. But never once do I get up and say, foul spirit of ignorance. <laughs> I mean, that'd be terrible. That's not love. Just want to, everybody's going, what is he going to say to Pastor John? I, mean, I can just, I can feel it. <laughs> Pastor John heard from God because there was something that happened today. Very interesting. That the Holy Spirit was saying the same thing to me. And I was like, whoa, whoa. You know, that's the, you know, that's the, that's the really cool thing about the Spirit of God. He sees and knows everything and wants to be a blessing and help you. But sometimes it's the stuff we don't want to hear. I got to tell myself, no, sorry. I'll go very fast. I was in a church service. I was in a meeting one time, a whole bunch of pastors. And the Holy Spirit had woke me up the night before and said, correction comes to help you. Don't despise when correction, when you're corrected. I went, oh, no. Because I'm going into a meeting with a whole bunch of pastors tomorrow. And one of them's a prophet. No, I start, like, okay, I, Lord, I repent of this, and I repent of this, and I, re I repented of everything I could think of, and some things that I might do in the future. Lord, I'm sorry that I might do this. Well, apparently I missed one. Because the next day, we're in the meeting. The prophet calls me out, John. I won't tell you what he said. It's none of your business. He goes, you're doing this. And I went, holy smut buckets, man. Sorry, you've never heard. Sorry. 
that's God. Because he didn't know that I was doing that. You're thinking, what is he doing? I don't care. I'm not telling you that one. Moving right along. <laughs> judge. Things get judged. I don't know how I got there. We're not going to do it in public. We're not going to embarrass anybody public. Number five, make love and edifying others your primary goal in operating in the spiritual gifts. The 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Number six, no public correction of individuals through the prophecy through prophecy is allowed. He didn't get up here and say, Tom, you're not respecting the Holy Spirit. That's not, that's not how God operates. He just said, guys, church started at 9.30. Service started at 9.30. You know, no personal, especially, Deb, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, and there's some things he wants you to change in our marriage. <laughs> Exactly. You, can feel, you feel how wrong that one is, okay? You can just feel that one. Number seven, we ask if you have a personal word for someone else in the body, take a mature member or leader in the church with you for the purpose of judging the word in light of the word. That's just basic guidelines. If, if somebody has, uh, has, has a word for another individual, we want you to give that to them, but take somebody with you. Take somebody with you and, and who, who can judge it. So it's not just you said it to them. Okay? Whenever I have a personal word I need to give somebody, I always, 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 always take somebody else with me so that they can judge it and that they can remember what was said and say it correctly. Number eight, personal words to guests and new people must be submitted first to someone in leadership, staff, elders, pastors. I'm not going to get into that one. There's all kinds of stories I could tell you about people who come for the very first time and somebody goes, I have a word for you from the Lord. I know of a guy personally who won, you know, he's no longer here, just so you know, who says, I've taken you before the Lord. And the Lord says this, dude, no, no. That's not how this works, all right? All right, uh, number nine, right? Do not speak out publicly a message in tongues without using your faith to interpret either you or someone else. We'll talk about that more in depth, can't talk about that. Don't dominate the floor. Stand up, speak up, and sit down. You changed it? Thank you. I changed that one. In the book, he says, he says uh, stand up, speak up, and shut up. That's not very nice. <laughs> but if, any, if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. That's 1 Corinthians 14. Number 11, submit what you have to leadership and trust them with the timing and appropriateness of the release of that gift. And, and the way that works is tell somebody. Come up and say, hey, I think I have something for the service. You know, a lot of times people come up to me. That night on the last worship service we had, people came up to me and said, I think I have this. And I said, here's the deal. It was just going to be these folks. Um, let's talk about it later. And they ran it by me. That's awesome. Nothing wrong with running it by somebody. If I'm not the leader of a meeting, I always run it by somebody else first. Hey, the Lord just spoke this to me. What do you think about this? Somebody in leadership. So you'll notice now... In the front two rows here, we have uh, Wayne and Patty over here. They're, they're, they're two of our elders. And we have Tom and Carla over here. And, and every Sunday now, every Sunday, there will always be somebody up in these, in these seats up here who if you have a word during a service, I want you to come and tell them. And just say, hey, Lord just spoke this to me. 
And then they're, they're going to know. They're going to know whether it's yes or no. And they, and they may say to you, they may say, yeah, you need to give that. And then they'll get my attention and say, hey, you need to have so-and-so. And that happens all the time anyway. People do that all the time anyway. But we just want to make it more formal. But they also might say to you, you know, hang on a second. Let's just see where this service goes. I actually told somebody that this morning. And I'm going to have them share. I am going to have them share when I get done here. They, they got a hold of me and they said, hey, the Lord spoke this to me today or you know, recently, and I'm, I think I'm supposed to share it. And I said, well, we'll see where the flow goes today. You know, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. It's going to fit perfect. It's going to tie right back to what he said. I shouldn't have said that. But that's what I knew when it went. Yeah, never mind. Okay. Either lift your hand or be recognized. We've got folks down front. Just come up and say something. Or you can come to me. I'm sitting over there. Come and say, hey, this is what the Lord said to me. What do you think? All right. B, once, you've ha- once you have submitted your word or leading to the Lord in one of these two ways, the responsibility is now with the leadership. That's going to free you up. Because you're thinking, I don't know if this is me or not. I don't know if this is the Holy Ghost. You know, and you come over and say, hey, Tom, you know, the Lord said this to me. And, and Tom goes, wow, that's the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden you go, hey, now I can share it with more confidence. It's by the word of two or more witnesses. Wow, okay, we can do this. I see why it will increase the manifestation rather than decrease. And then number 12, do not be afraid to make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. I make mistakes. I made a mistake in the last worship night. Did anybody catch it? I've already talked to some people and they didn't see it. It's okay. Praise God. He covers over a multitude of mistakes. I won't tell you what the mistake was. <clears throat> but we're all learning in this. We're all learning. We're not, we're not a finely greased machine that's always perfect in every way. We're, we're growing. But we want to get better and better and better. Amen? Amen. We'll talk more about this in depth. Can you come on up, share what the Lord spoke to you? God is so good, and his love is amazing. Um, So the Lord gave me a word to share, and uh, it ties in with the scripture, which really does tie together with everything. So I'm going to read the scripture first, because usually when I start sharing, I start crying. So I want to make sure I can read this first. So it's 1 Peter 4. 7 through 11. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God, if anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And this is about the love. and. Lord showed me that there's many of us that are going down the straight road. You have Jesus in your heart, and you're going down the road to the Father. But you're trying to do everything perfect. You're driving the minivan. (laughs) You've got the seat pulled forward perfectly. You've checked your mirrors. 
Um, you, you, got, you got your seatbelt on. I mean, you, you've done everything perfect. And you, even as you're driving down that road, you, you're just so nervous to do things perfectly that you're going like a mile under the speed limit. And God says, you're going to get to your destination that way. It's fine. But he said, but many of you don't realize that instead of the minivan, he's got the sports car in the, in the, in the garage for you, which is the Holy Spirit. It's not to be contained. There's so much power in there. I mean, we're talking about great tires. I mean, the brakes, everything's just amazing in that. The Holy Spirit is so amazing. And he said, it's time. It's time to get in that and drive. Allow the Holy Spirit to drive your life. Life was meant to be an adventure. It's time to not just take the, the straight road and go slow. He's saying, take the curves. He says, take the hills. He says, it's time to get your heartbeat going. He says, it's time to just be exhilarating and excited about what life's all about. And the main thing is, he, you're like, well, I'm still a little nervous about it. But the good thing is, is God has a great insurance policy on you. <laughs> he's got you covered in love. I mean, he's got you bubble wrapped in love. So this whole thing, what we're talking about is, and the great part about this is, as you're in these adventures, we have great leadership that really totally, totally just cultivates you in love because they want to see you drive that sports car. I mean, God wants to throw you the keys. He's like, children, it's time to drive the sports car. It's time to drive the Holy Spirit. You let, get in it and drive. I am trusting you with it. Take the keys and go. And if you ever have any doubt, he says, Jesus, take the wheel. We've heard a few things about, about correction, and we need to be open to that. And the Word of God says in Second Timothy that um, it is profitable for the um, Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so there's a, there's a place for, for all of that here, here at church. What I had on my heart to, to share was actually a, a couple things that made this church very attractive to me at the beginning. One was that we don't borrow money and that's not common, and so I, I was thankful for that. Um, another one, I knew it in my heart that that was how things operated here, but I just wanted to confirm it, so I, I, I had a short conversation with Brian Eager uh, some time ago, but that was that um, there's a line between the pulpit and, and the people that we don't want to cross. And so in other words, uh, the pulpit can preach 
long, loud, and strong about what we, what we need to hear from the Word of God, but we're not at your house checking up on you to make, make sure that you're doing all of it. Okay, concerning the offering, tithes, no one's checking up on who's giving and who's not. Obviously, somebody needs to keep the books, and there's people of integrity that do that, but the pastor doesn't want to know. And, and so that frees the ministry to preach the Word of God without, um, w without having thoughts in their mind when they interact with people or when they stand in front of people saying, oh, I'm talking to this person, and I know this, and I know this, and I know that they didn't participate in the last project that we did. Um, it's all um, love does not control people. It will speak the truth. It'll speak the truth in love, but we're not about controlling folks. And so that's a, that's, that's a big deal. I, I heard about another church at one point, uh, obviously, you know, different part of the country, different culture, but he was, he, he was, he, he was totally different. He said, I'm going to get a list of all the tithers. I'm going to post it in the lobby. I'm going to put it up in the lobby because then if, if somebody from the church wants to hire one of the brothers, he can go and check that list and, you know, he knows if the guy's name isn't on the list, if he's stealing from God, he'll steal from him too. <laughs> we don't do that here. That's not us. We don't do that. Um, the, the way God is, I mean, one of the facets of, of uh, being made in the image of God is that he, he tells us what to do, he tells us what we ought to do, but then he gives us the freedom to choose. And uh, here in Deuteronomy 30, he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. But he doesn't force us to do it. That both you and your seed may, may live. It's obviously better for us. Some of us make the wrong choice and then eventually come around and, and get it right. But that's, that's the love of God. And that's how um, this ministry represents that. So I'm, I'm very thankful. Dear Father, thank you. Thank you that we can meet together in freedom, without hindrance, preaching your word and uh, ministering to you, ministering to each other. I pray that you'd bless everyone in attendance today. And we thank you for these offerings and tithes. Thank you for using them for your work and your service to advance the kingdom of God. And I just speak a blessing over everyone as they go out into their week. Thank you for, for just surrounding them with protection and keeping and, and the grace of God to do everything we have to do. In Jesus' name, amen.